blessed you in some way, raise your hand. Thank God. God blesses His people. For the last couple of weeks, for two weeks, now today the third week, we have looked to see what God's Word, the Bible, says about the blessed life. Blessed life. How God wants to bless His people. Let me underline that. God desires to bless His people. Some of you know this, some of you don't. My wife and I have three children. Two of them were back from college. They just went back a few days ago. Man, when when any of my kids are around, I just love to bless them. I really have to because I want to do something for them. Why? Because they're my kids. <laughs> because we're in a relationship. Because I not only love them, I like them. <laughs> and those are not always the case. <laughs> but I love them and I like them. And because we're in relationship, I want to bless my children. And God wants to bless His people. We have seen in God's Word how God, when he wanted to do something amazing through someone, he would bless them. We saw that a number of times, particularly in the Old Testament, but also in the New, how God wants to do something amazing and he uses people and he creates them or he saves them or he, he, uh, they survive some cataclysmic thing or he's preparing something really big ahead and he calls them and then he blesses them. You see it again and again. We've seen how the word bless, the the biblical word bless, means to be set apart or favored or valued. We've seen how often throughout Scripture, almost always, it's relational. The blessing is there because someone was in relation with God. They were in, let let me clarify, they were in right relation with God. So again, I'm gonna, I've mentioned this the last week, so I'm going to do it again today and, and Lord willing again next Sunday, and that is this. If you, want to be, if you want to receive God's blessing, first and foremost, be in right relationship with Jesus Christ. That, 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 I mean, that's big. That's paramount. Remember, it's a relational thing. God wants to bless His people. And to be his people doesn't mean you have to be born in a certain family or with a certain name. It comes through having a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive my sins. I'm lost without you. You alone are my Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose from the dead for me. And so I surrender myself to you. And When you pray a prayer much like that, and you mean it, and he comes into your heart, and he begins to change your life. And it's an amazing thing, and the blessings begin to come. Last week, I shared how God's blessings often come in unusual and unexpected ways. Sometimes his blessings come in, in painful or uncomfortable packages. What was the line? What was the line from the song that we played? And you saw the words last week. What if the trials of this life are God's blessings in disguise? It doesn't always come in the way that we want it. And sometimes 
when we're going through it, we do not think of ourselves necessarily as blessed, maybe only in hindsight when we look back and we realize what God did in our lives. It was interesting, I shared one example last week of somebody who passed away a few years and how God really blessed him with, with, uh, with a greater relationship through some difficult circumstances. But, but uh, in this last week, so many of you have come up and said, Pastor, that message resonated with me. I connected with that message. That message meant so much because that has been lived out in my life. And you've, you've shared with me some of your stories. Some of them I knew and some of them I didn't. And only in hindsight, at the time, it was so painful, it was so difficult, but through that painful, difficult trial testing time, you look back and you realize, I grew in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, I was more, I'm more connected now because of it. I wouldn't want to go through it again, but I'm so grateful for the blessings of God that came through that time and sometimes in part because of that time. Now, <clears throat> let me... Let me say this, we, we frequently, and I've mentioned this before, we frequently point out as, as an indicator of God's blessings, this is, this is very common, we see this a lot, I've seen it a lot, we point out as an indicator of God's blessings, often the amount of money a person has or the, the possessions that they own. Have you, have you noticed that? Boy, <laughs> nice accumulation of something here. Yeah, God's blessed me. And he has. I'm not saying it isn't. But that's, that's kind of the go-to thing. We, 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 we look at a new possession. It may have come at a great cost and, uh, or it was gifted to us. And, and we say, oh yeah, God's, God's blessed me. And, and he has. I, I, I don't deny that. It's just that often we only phrase it God's blessings in regards to what we receive that is of physical, tangible properties. It is a way in which God can bless us, but, but this morning I want to serve a little bit of a warning. I, I, I want to do proper theology here. I want to use good doctrine. Those are not bad words. Bad doctrine is a very, very dangerous thing. I want to give warning this morning. I want to give a warning against... A false teaching that blows in and blows out of Christianity in varying degrees. I've lived long enough to see it blow in and kind of subside then a little bit and then blow in again. I've seen it a, a number of times in my years of serving the Lord. And that is, it essentially declares that if God is really going to bless you, if God is really going to bless you, the greatest indicator will be in your personal finances. I've heard this a number of times. If God really wants to bless you, it's going to, he's going to bless you in your finances. And again, perhaps you've heard that. In my years as your pastor, I have tried to very carefully avoid preaching what is commonly called the prosperity gospel. That may be a new term to some of you, but the prosperity gospel is the tendency to elevate God's financial blessings above all others. It's why I've really not even mentioned it. This is the third week, and I've really not gone there yet. But to elevate this particular blessing above all others, sometimes to the exclusion of others, 
that you are somehow entitled to wealth, that to live with anything less than the best or the most indicates a lack of faith. This is a teaching that is often spoken, shared, written about. It's called the prosperity gospel. But I tell you this morning, we haven't gotten into it yet here this morning, the text, we will in a few moments, but this false teaching that I'm referencing is both dangerous and it's destructive. And I've known many people over the years who've been damaged or destroyed by it. They have set themselves up with for a crisis of faith when they, they thought, they, they were told that if you do this, then you will have the absolute best, you will have the most, and then when it doesn't happen in the way that God or in the way that they expect God is going to do it, all of a sudden they think God failed. And so we have to be very, very careful with this. You see, I do believe that God can bless us financially. I know that He does, but to elevate it above everything else is a dangerous thing. Also as a pastor, I have also tried to avoid what I call the poverty gospel, right? The prosperity gospel. And sometimes I've heard the poverty gospel. Not as much, but I've heard it. It's another false teaching that says that money itself is evil. That having financial resources is somehow shameful. (laughs) That the most that you should ever have is just very, very little. And if you have extra, then you're to give it all away. It is a teaching that that declares in certain ways that that having nothing makes you closer to God. This too is wrong. And some have been destroyed by this false teaching. I have known people that heard this and went and gave everything they had away and all of a sudden now, having stepped out of what is biblical truth, they, they... they wonder, God, why have you failed me? So what does the Bible say? What does this book say about God's blessing on our finances? Because think of it, we spend a lot of time, you spend a lot of time, you're going to spend, if you're working, if you've not yet retired, if you're working, you're going to spend at least 40 hours, probably 50, 60, or 70 hours in this coming week, and you're going to be spending a lot of that, not because you necessarily enjoy it, but because... You need the income. What does the Bible say about God blessing our finances? Well, I mentioned last week that some variation of the word bless occurs nearly 500 times in the Bible. That's a lot of times. Actually, to be exact, 496 times some variation of the word bless is used. 384 times in the Old Testament 112 times in the New Testament. But it might surprise you that within the New Testament text having to do with God's blessings and finances, or excuse me, God's blessings, only two of them speak of our finances. Is that a little bit surprising? Because again, there's this teaching that says God's blessings have to be financial. And yet in the New Testament, in 112 occasions, only two of them reference finances in regards to God's blessing. Compare that to when we're blessed, when we're persecuted. 
There's four times, twice as many in the New Testament that you're blessed when you're persecuted or we're blessed when we serve six times, three times as many in regards to finances. But I can't remember the last time somebody came, called me up and said, hey, pastor, I suffered for the faith this week. Am I not blessed? Doesn't happen. No one came, has come to me and said, look at the scars on my body. I, I, I took these because of, because of persecution for my faith in Jesus Christ. Man, am I, am I blessed or what? I've heard a few times people say, I had the opportunity to serve, and God, what a blessing it was from God. But not many. Just two times. One of those two New Testament references regarding financial blessing is in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 7. It says this, For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated receives a blessing from God. You understand it says nothing about money there, but it implies it when you understand that a a crop that is useful is also a crop that is sellable. It provides an income. By the way, just you see that verse before you. Aren't, uh, those of you who are in agribusiness, aren't you grateful for the rain that we've had this year? Yesterday, I was just finishing up this. I've been working on it for some weeks, and just finishing this up, and boy, all of a sudden, I looked out my office window, and it was just coming down. Land that has drunk the rain and often falls on it produces a crop useful for those, to those for whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. But notice, please, in this text that's before you, maybe you have it in your hand or you, you see it on the screen, notice, please, that God takes care of the rain, but we have to cultivate. Did you notice that? That it's not just, well, God, I'm going to sit back and you take care of it. We have a part in that. Those of you, in the, you say, well, does this doesn't really relate to me. Actually, it does, regardless of what you do. You may not be a farmer, but you're, you're, you're creating something else, or you're building something else, or you're providing some other service that is marketable. And from it, you receive an income. God gives you the the strength to get up in the morning. He's given you the health to do something. He's given you the wisdom and the learning and the ability to, to, to learn something to do that. And because of that, you provide something that then provides an income. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. So this has to do with that. But, but all of it is a blessing from God. Do you know that you can, some of you who are, who are farmers, or ranchers, you understand this, that you can, you, can have, you, you, can, you can do the best thing for that hay field or the best thing for that corn field or bean field or whatever it is, the uh, parsnips that you raise. Nobody raises parsnips. But whatever it is that you raise, um, you, you, can, you can do your best, but if it doesn't rain, it isn't going to grow. And we understand it's going to come from him. Those of you who have other skills that, that involve other things you can have all of the goods but if you don't have the strength to get up and go to that that job it isn't going to happen the connections that god makes i want to make this point from this verse and that is this never forget who your source is 
Let me say that again. Never forget who your source is. You see, God wants to bless our finances, but I, this is a real key thing. And this verse is telling us, don't forget who your source is. Don't start thinking it's you. Don't start thinking that, man, it's all up to me. I got this. I don't need anyone else. I don't even need the Lord. I can do this. Don't start thinking it's you because it's not you. You have a part. You're going to cultivate, so to speak. You're going to do some things. He's going to have you do some things. It's just how he's arranged it. You're going to work by the sweat of your brow. It's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging. But it's God who's going to make it happen. He is your source. You're not the source. Let me take that a step further. Please don't start thinking that it's your boss or even your job that is your source. Your boss, your job, it, your, your company, your business, whatever it is, it too is important. you got to work hard. But those persons or those entities are not your source. It's not the trust fund that kicks in when someone dies. I talked to a gentleman once and he said, I got it made, man. When my dad dies, I'm going to be set for life. And I said, your dead dad isn't your source. God is your source. And then I said, he probably changed the will anyway. <laughs> You're going to be shocked on that day. God is our source. Don't think, let me, oh, some of you are saying amen, but hold on here. Don't think that it's in the scratch-off ticket that you buy at a convenience store or in a day trip to some wretched casino. It's not. That's not your source. If you think that's your source, by the way, I'm just going to throw this out. Now, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what your deal is, but if this is your deal, if you think that that is your source, if you think, oh God, if, if, if the numbers come up good here, I'm going to give half of it to you. No, you won't. You're not faithful with the little, you won't be faithful with much. And if you think that that thing that you buy at the convenience store, that day trip, boy, today's my day. I got lucky. Man, I, I, you know, something happened this morning. I'm feeling lucky. I'm going, if you think that that's your source, you repent right now. I mean, really. You, you just say, Jesus, I, forgive me. I have been trusting in that stupid thing. Repent now. It's not your source. It's not the government. <laughs> The government is not your source. If you think the government is your source, listen, don't think that that unreliable entity is your source. There's a lot of people in our world that they're just going to say, boy, if the government bellies up, I'm just going to be in a world of hurt. Not if you believe and live like Jesus is your source. He's your source. He's the one who's going to send the rain. I'm not going to share stories from my own life, but there have been so many times where I said, God, I just don't know how it's going to happen. Particularly early on in, in, in our ministry, it was just, I was like, God, I just don't know. The numbers don't add up, but it was an amazing thing. I saw time and again, God was and still is my source. I'm going to lean on Him. For about 15 years, um, maybe a little bit longer, uh, I have kept something tucked away in my Bible. This is it here. In fact, I, we have an image on the screen. We can go ahead and put that up. Um, this is what I hold in my hand, picture there before you. Uh, it is German currency 
It is a one million mark banknote. That's right, baby. I'm a millionaire in German marks. You want a loan later? You come and see me. And by the way, for about three American dollars, you too can be a millionaire. See, that's how much this is worth. About three bucks. In great shape. It's beautiful. You want to see it later? I'll show it to you. But that's about how much this is worth. It's German currency from 1923. If you know anything about history, you know after World War I, Germany in defeat, hyperinflation had taken, was ravaging, just ravaging the German economy. And even when this little bill, this banknote, it was a banknote, not some guy's basement, a banknote, when this banknote was printed, on the day it was printed, it could maybe buy someone's lunch. One million Deutschmarks. It was, and it still is, almost worthless paper. I keep it in my Bible. I keep it in my Bible as a reminder that someday, sooner than we think, every earthly possession will be like worthless paper. That's why I keep it there. I, I come across it all the time. It's, it's right, you know, it, I just, I come across it. I actually, I, I actually stick it right next I stick it right next to the uh, picture of my kids. Here's a picture of my three kids when they were small up in the balcony. See it right right there? Okay. Because uh, that's, that, you know what? I will never take anything with me to heaven, but this is the only thing that I can touch right now that will be with me in heaven in my home. That's why I pray for my kids. And that's why you should pray for your kids and your grandkids or someone else's kids. Because, because this is this. But this, this represents all of the this represents all of the things that I own. In, sooner than we think, everything that you own, possess, however much it is, however many zeros are behind the number, everything that you have will someday be worthless paper. It's a reminder and hope, to me and hopefully to you that God is our source. He's our Serve Him. Serve Him. Be in relationship with Him. He will provide the rain. You work the field or the job or the business. And if you do that and you trust God and you understand first and foremost that He is our source, then He is going to bless you in your finances. Some of you have seen this. Many of you have seen this. Now, there's a lot more that I'd like to say about this. I don't have time today. I have a real challenge just getting all of this in here, but... But there's a lot more that I can say. There is, however, that other place in the New Testament that talks about our, our finances being blessed by God. Remember, I said there were two, only two that talk about earthly possessions and God's blessing in the New Testament. Just two. The other one is in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, where the Apostle Paul was speaking to Christians in the church of Ephesus. Paul said this to them. Remember the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, how he himself said, it is more, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It's brief. This is again what Paul said 
to the believers in Ephesus, remember the words, he, he's reminded, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That is the only other New Testament reference to God's financial blessing. But isn't it interesting that the blessings they would receive was not in the getting, but in the giving? I want you to notice that. So often we get it turned around. Oh man, look what God gave me. Look what I have. Hasn't he blessed me? But really what this is saying is, look what God has given me and that I've given away. Hasn't God blessed me? Not so much in the getting, but in the giving. Reference we looked at a few weeks ago, the one in the book of Genesis, uh, where it's talking about Abraham. It was, it was that reference when God called him and told him that he was going to be the first of God's chosen people, a people who would eventually be known as the Jewish people or the people of Israel. When God called him, he then blessed him. Here it is again, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Lord said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land that I will show you. Verse 2, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Do you notice that, please? He said, I am going to bless you, and he did. Do you know anything about uh, Abraham's life, God's blessings were very much upon him in a lot of different ways, not just financial. But that was one of them. God blessed him. But if you, again, know anything about it, he then became a tremendous blessing. Wherever he would go, there would be a blessing. There was a blessing on his family. There was a blessing on what he did with his hands. There was a blessing with the words that he spoke. There was a blessing when he prayed, God answered. The man was tremendous, tremendously blessed, but he was a tremendous blessing. See, again, that's the same thing. This is the Old Testament reference. The, the other one is, is a New Testament reference, but both talk about that you want to be blessed of God. Thank God we'll receive his blessings, but he doesn't bless you just so that you can hold on to it. He blesses you so that you can be a blessing. Whatever you have in your time, in your treasure, in your talent, the time that you have, the financial resources that you have, the abilities that he has given you. He hasn't given you the time and the ability and the resources, whatever kind they might be. He has not given you those things so that you can simply say, look what I have, but rather he has given them to you so that you can be a blessing to others in so many different ways. He blessed you, like Abraham, like Abraham, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless you, but then you will be a blessing. Let me, let me just challenge you this morning. 
let's talk about just let's talk about finances very very clearly here you want your finances to be blessed of God if you really want your finances to be blessed of God give just give now now some of you are thinking oh man I didn't are we are we getting set up for another offering no we don't operate that way I'm not I'm never going to operate that way here I don't want to coerce anybody into anything. Get you all pumped up and then pass the plate. That's not what we're doing. I'm saying I want God's blessings to be in every part of your life, including your finances. And one of those things is understand that He is your source and another one is to give. Because God did not bless you simply to bless you, but so that you will be a blessing. I've seen this. I've seen this. Without exaggeration, I have seen this thousands and thousands of times. I have seen how people, regardless of how many zeros were behind the number, I have seen how God has used people. Sometimes it's, here's $5, but I want to be a blessing to someone. And others, it's 5000 and I want to be a blessing to someone. I, I, I want this to be used for His kingdom. I've seen it thousands of times. And I've seen how God has been used of, how people have been used of God. Let me just challenge you again. Do what God tells you to do in His Word. Be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. There have been so many times with my wife and I where, where, where I, we looked at the checkbook and, and we just go, I just don't know exactly how, exact, how, how this is going to happen, but I know that the Holy Spirit has given me a number, so I'm going to trust God and we're going to trust Him and somehow He's going to do it. A number of years ago, we really felt the Lord clearly directing us to give a substantial amount. I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to lose treasure, but I'm just not to, I want to give you a, a tangible example of what, what this looks like. God gave us a number of something to give towards something, and, 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 and we were looking and we were going, I just don't know how that's going to do it because we live by a budget. We're very, very careful. We know where every dollar goes, comes from, and so forth. And, and, and it was like, how is this going to happen? I'm not exactly sure, but we're going to trust God. And over the course of those three years, I remember the first year. The first year was like, I don't know how this is going to happen, but we're going to trust God. We had a house. We sold the house. We sold it at profit so much more. And it was, it was exactly the amount that we needed over what we had anticipated for that. And we took it and we, we, we gave it for that year. And we go, wow, God, I didn't see that coming. Didn't know how that was going to happen, but it happened. And then the next year, my wife was asking, we, we've just made a choice. It's been our choice to, to, uh, to, to not have Joni work very much outside the house, but, but the opportunity came. It was a ministry opportunity and, and asked her to do this for a year. And, and we took the, the income from that year and, and there was the second year and we never saw that coming and then she didn't have the job again. We go, how did that happen? I, I don't know, but we trusted God because he told us to do that and, and we did it. And, and then the third year, it's like, okay, we know the house has been sold. The, the job isn't there anymore. How's this going to happen? And, and there was, a, there was a, a, an investment that I had made about 10 years before, maybe a little bit longer before. And, and in, in the span of those two years, it quadrupled. I sold it, and, and the sale of it was just enough to make that third. And there it was, all taken care of. And, I'm, and, and at the end, I go, well, I shouldn't be surprised, but that's what God does. 
Now what I just shared isn't for my glory, it's for His glory because I'm not smart enough to put it all together. And neither are you. Neither are you. No, no offense, but you don't, you're not smart enough to put it all. You don't see what's over the horizon. But I do know this, that if we trust God with our finances, if, we're obedient to, if we are obedient to God's word and we trust his Holy Spirit, whatever he tells you to do, you do. Trust him. It's a step of faith. It is a step of faith. I've seen it again thousands of times. Do what God calls you to do in his word. God's word calls us to tithe. Beyond that, to give offerings directed by His Holy Spirit. And when we are obedient to God's Word, excuse me, when we are obedient to God's Word in tithes and in offerings, in giving, in caring for the needs of people beyond what anyone else will ever know, He will bless you with more. I don't know how much more. I don't ever want to give to get. I don't want to ever want to give. Well, if I give this much, I'll get 10 times this much, and then I'll really be sitting pretty. No, I don't want to do that. The blessing is in the giving, not in the getting. I want to be a blessing. I want to give. I want to receive God's blessings so that I can give more. I've heard this many times, and so have some of you. People say, they're faced with something, and they'll say, God, you either do this, you come down here and you prove yourself to me in the next day or hour. You prove yourself to me. Don't ever do that. Scripture speaks very strongly against that. It's called testing God. Don't do that. Don't put God on the spot and say, God, you do this. You do it right now. Don't you, don't you put God to that test. But do you know that only one time in the Bible, just one time in the Bible, that God said, put me to the test? And he did. He said, put me to the test. Malachi chapter 3 God said we could put him to the test. And he promised. He said, he said, if you tithe, he promised. He promised. See if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. Whenever we talk about God's resources... And our giving, people get a little bit nervous. They think the pastor has impure motives. I tell you, my motives are simply these two things. Number one, I want to preach God's word. And number two, I want God's blessing on every part of your life. Your mind, your body, your time, your abilities, your finances, your family, everything about you. I want God's best for you. Not the best in what our world says is the best. I want whatever He wants for me, but I'm, I know this, I'm going to be obedient to God's Word. In God's great plan, He has put principles in place to bless what you hold in your hands. And I've seen God work miracles. I've lived miracles more than I can count in so many areas of my life. I am so blessed to give. I am so blessed to give of time and ability and financial resources. I don't know what he's going to give in return. And to be quite honest, 
It really doesn't matter. I'm just so grateful and blessed to give, and I hope you feel the same way. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's more of a blessing to give than it is to receive. God desires to bless you, to make you a blessing. This morning, I want to pray with you and for you. And uh, I told you earlier that we're not going to receive an offering, but here's what I would like you to do. I'd like you to take out your wallets right now. Maybe in your purse, your pocket. But I want you to take it out right now. Don't open it up. Maybe a checkbook, it may be a charge card. However you do it, just take it and hold it in your hand. Don't take any money out. But I want you to hold that in your hand. And and together, together, I want to ask that God will bless what we hold in our hands. Just just temporarily. Just temporarily. Right? Just, it's, just temporarily. I won't hold it very long, the things that I have. I'm not going to be around another 40 years. I may not be around another five. I might not make it till sunset. But I know this. Well, he has placed something in my hands, some kind of resource. I'm talent or treasure. As long as I have that resource in my hands, I want him to bless it. You want God's blessing in every part of your life? You want it in the job that this represents, the income represents? Or the investments that you carefully made for many years? Do you want God's blessing on your farm, on your ranch, or on your business, or on your job? Do you want God's blessing? Would you pray with me? This is an interesting time. You know, a couple weeks ago we had people come forward to the altar and you, you said, I want to be in right relationship with Him. Last week I prayed that, that, that you would understand that even in the hardest of times, God's blessings are still there. Today, a different way to close. I want to pray for that which we hold in our hands, that God will bless it and that we will be a blessing. You bow your heads, holding these in your hand, would you bow your heads? And not just listen to me, but pray, pray with me. As I pray, just agree with me in prayer that, that God will do a great work in us and through us. Jesus, I thank you for what we hold in our hands, these, these wallets, these, these checkbooks, these, these cards, these debit cards, whatever they might be, Lord Jesus. It represents the tangible, physical resources that are passing through our hands. We will not hold on to them forever. In fact, we will not hold on to them. Even if we grasp it, we will not hold on to it as long as we'd like or we, as long as we think. But Lord, I ask your blessing. I need your blessing on my finances. Help me, Jesus, as I trust you with the tithe. I've seen it so many times, Lord, 
growing up and in my own life, adult life, I've seen you. You're so faithful. I don't know how it's going to work out, but I just know that somehow you're going to do it. God, would you bless my finances? Would you bless them? The greatest blessing I'll ever receive is not my finances. The greatest blessing I ever received is from you, relationship with you. I can count a lot of other things that are a greater blessing, at least in my estimation, but I do need your blessing here. And then, Lord, would you take what I have, help me be obedient to your word and to the leading of your Holy Spirit, to do what your word says and to trust you with it, to do what your Holy Spirit says in any given situation. It may be tomorrow at a checkout counter. And your Holy Spirit says, pay for the person behind you. Boy, that's going to be hard, Lord. It may be, Lord, that you're going to put it on our hearts to give even out of our lack, not out of our surplus, but out of our lack to someone else in need. It may be that missionary that you put on our hearts, and we're going to give until they die or come home and quit, whatever, Lord, but we're going to give. I ask that you would bless us, but beyond that, that we would be a blessing. That I will not wait to be the blessing, Lord, until I have more than enough. I want to be a blessing starting right now. You yourself said, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Would you help us? Would you bless our finances? Would you bless our farms, our ranches, our jobs, that business that we started a long time ago and we've committed it to you countless times since then. We commit it to you again. That job that is hard, it's challenging, but I thank you for it and I pray that through it I would be a blessing I acknowledge that you are my source. It's not anyone else. It's not anything else. You are my source. And if I'm walking in your way, if it isn't going to happen one way, it's going to happen another. But I'm going to trust you. And I hold this in my hand, Lord. And I give it to you. I give it to you. Bless me. Make me a blessing. In Jesus' name. Would you stand with me, please? Now, Lord, as we go our way, I ask that you would watch over us, guide us, and keep us. May we live the blessed life in all that it means. May the people around us see there's something special in us, not because of what we own, but because of who dwells within us. May we be a blessing to our world blessed life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. These altars are open. May the Lord use you mightily in the coming days.